Here is a number for you this morning. This morning, when I looked on my computer, I had 458 friends on Facebook. Now, I don't know whether you have Facebook, well, I know that some of you do, and some of you may be thinking, well, that Paul Glass, he's a popular chap, isn't he? 458 friends, of course, that's nothing. That's nothing. I looked down the list of my friends on Facebook, and one of them has 2,660 friends. And of course, if you were to ask anybody in years 7 to 11 at school, they would tell you that they would not be seen dead on Facebook. Uh, they use Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else is coming along at the moment. And if you were to ask Janet, as a designated safeguarding lead for the school, she would tell you that she thinks you shouldn't be allowed a phone with access to social media until you are at least 35 years old, <laughs> because they cause nothing but trouble. Social media, more like anti-social media. It's all about relationships, isn't it? Well, kind of. The 458 people that I have on Facebook are not all close friends of mine by any stretch of the imagination. They come from a variety of different groups of people. Some of them are from the youth group that I used to go to way back in the days of the dinosaurs. Um, some are people that I went to university with. Others are people that I trained for the ministry with. People who have been members in various churches that I have ministered to. What Facebook says it does is create networks of relationship. And at its best, I know we can be sneery about Facebook, but at its best, it does that. Although there is a lot of other stuff going on too. It takes advantage of the human need to live in relationship with others to be heard, to find connection with others. One of the problems with social media is that people feel like they have to shout louder and louder and put things in bigger and bigger capitals in order to make themselves heard. There's a lovely introduction to a Radio 4 news report this week uh, when the Americans were coming back from having been released in Korea and the reporter said, early in the morning, before the birds or the president had started tweeting, <laughs> the plane took off. Even if it is on the most superficial levels, our scripture readings today are all about relationship. Uh, the passage from John is a meditation. It's a meditation on the relationship between Jesus and his disciples. Just put yourself into their place for a moment if you can. They have been following Jesus for three years. They've followed him through thick and thin. There must have been days when they felt they could take on the world. There will also have been other days when they must have wondered what on earth all of this was about. When actually, perhaps, they were even tempted to pack up and go home. 
There's no getting away from it. To follow somebody for three years, and that certainly seems to be what happened, to follow somebody for three years, there must have been something magnetic about Jesus, the relationship that was built up between him and that group of 12 over that time as they lived constantly in each other's company, that relationship must have been extraordinary. The disciples have heard the teachings of Jesus, they have seen his actions, and they have come to realize, however slowly and hesitatingly, they have come to realize that in watching Jesus at work, they are watching God at work. But they now need to be kept true to that discovery, that understanding. And John, in his gospel, wants us to be very clear about this. Jesus has kept faith with the Father's purposes for him, with God's purposes. He has done what he needed to do. But now comes the crucial bit, the vital part. Those who are left, his followers, need to play their part. They, in turn, need to keep faith in what they have experienced. And that, of course, won't be easy, as Jesus says in the prayer. It will bring trouble. It will bring persecution, just as it has done for Jesus. And they will need God's protection. You know, when people experienced Jesus, one of the things that they noticed, one of the things that they experienced most of all in his presence was the extraordinary, intimate nature of his relationship with the God that he called Father. Or actually, more informal than that, Dad. We cannot get away from it. His followers certainly couldn't get away from it. Here was someone who talked to God and of God in language and in a way that they had never heard before. It would have been shocking. It would have been eye-opening. It would have been question-raising. Who was this person who could speak to God in this way? Who had this depth of relationship? His spiritual authority was shocking, scary, and deeply attractive. And what's more is, he didn't keep this relationship to himself. He shared it freely with them. He told them what God was like. As their relationship with Jesus grew, their relationship with God grew. And after his death and resurrection, they could, would experience his presence in a whole new way. The theologian John V. Taylor says this, He who had shown God to them now showed himself to them. And from that moment, they would never think of God without thinking of him. And we, we stand in that line, that line of people chosen by God. We often, over many years, lots of us, we have built, worked hard to develop a relationship with God. That relationship building goes through many periods and phases in our lives as any relationship does and over the years our relationship with God it matures 
and we try very hard over the years to bring honesty and integrity to that relationship with God. We try very hard, and I think we all ought to try very hard not to say things about our relationship with God which are not true. Some days the relationship is exciting and it's dynamic and it's life-giving, but we must be honest enough to say that during other periods it is dry and arid and seemingly going nowhere. And nowhere is that relationship with God more honest or searching than in our life of prayer. Justin Welby, one of the videos we saw this morning, talks about thy kingdom come. And he talks about prayer being this secret life. This opportunity to be more rigorous in our life of prayer. To develop that relationship with God, with Jesus. Have you chosen your five people yet? Have you been praying for them? It's not too late to join that campaign. And of course, the outcomes of our relationship building with God, that growing maturity and honesty and integrity, the outcomes are the actions that flow from it. All relationships result in action. Of course they do. Whether it be the slipping of a ring on a finger or a family getting together or a quiz night for the local PTA, all relationships lead to actions. In just a week and a half's time, it's the 24th of May. 280 years ago on that day, John Wesley had a heartwarming experience of God. He was in his 30s. He was a staunchly devout parson already. This wasn't a conversion so much as it was a massive and sudden deepening of his relationship with God. And it resulted in prayer and action. Of course it did. Indeed, Wesley once said, I love this, there's always great quotes from Wesley. Wesley said this, I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I am able to do it. I love that. I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I am able to do it. And he really did spend that much time in prayer, hours a day, relationship building, which led to the action. Hundreds of thousands of miles on horseback, 42,000 sermons preached, hundreds of books written, the setting up of schools, hospitals, clinics, a whole new national denomination in place by the time that he died. For us too, our relationship with God is shown by the actions that we take. For example, it's Christian Aid Week this week. There's going to be a lunch after this service to which you are all invited. There is a Christian Aid Week service this afternoon that uh, you can go to. It's at St. Dunstan's. You can pick up an envelope as you go out of the church today and make a donation. You can still sign up for a street collection because I'm sure that there are streets still waiting to be collected. You can act. What better way of working out a life of prayer than in our passion to do things to help the lives of others? Jesus, in John 17, prays with passion and commitment for his followers, for those who will be left behind 
to develop and build and mature their relationship with God through their belief in him. That ministry, that mission and relationship building has carried on through the centuries, through John Wesley, through all the saints of the past. It carries on over the centuries until it finds its place in us. Sat in St. Peter's Church on the 13th of May 2018. Every generation of Christian people has as its solemn task to build that relationship for themselves, to relate to the current age in which they live, and to pass on that precious jewel to the generations that follow. Thy kingdom come, Christian aid weak, our building of a realistic, mature, life-giving, honest relationship with God in Christ is part of how we fulfill that task in Jesus' name. Amen.